folks are downright mean and you just kind of have to say, but my job is to make sure that you get the education that you, that that's promised that you get the education that is up to date. Created for the MAPE community by the MAPE community. Left Unsaid is a podcast where we speak our truth, celebrate our talents, tell our stories, and explore what matters most to us. It's time to leave everything on the table and make sure nothing is left unsaid. Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. Wow, I don't even, I, I, I kind of had a little brain freeze because of our guest today. I've known him for a long time. We just means you're old, man. You're old. That's all. It, it, I mean, you got, you got, can't see, but you got the more gray in the beard than I do right now. So <laughs> let's not, let's not say who's old or not. I've known, we've known each other for a long time. We've worked together in different facets and I'm really excited for this conversation because as always, you're doing big things. Van, please introduce yourself. Well, my name is Van Graves. I'm the executive director of the VCU Brand Center, graduate marketing, advertising, communications program based in Richmond, Virginia. And what MAPE year were you? If you want to say, you should say. Uh, what, what, what year was it? 90, I can't remember now, 94, Four. 90. You just, yeah, 94. I think it was 90. You sent the videos that had the 94. I did, thing, I so. know, but it was, it was, it was a VHS and I couldn't find a place to play it. That's how old. <laughs> you might be out of luck on that one. You might have to go to the Smithsonian or something. It was 94. Yeah. I mean, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but a minute. I have to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am, but for MAPE a hundred percent. Yeah. You're not the only, you're not the first MAPER to say that. And I believe it, having run the program, having seen many people go through, there's something about MAPE that just sets people on the course that they want to go on, whatever that is. Well, and I think mine was a, a course of, of positive blunders, which tends to be the, <laughs> the, the way my life works. So I first heard about MAPE when I was at Howard undergrad, and my professor gave me the MAPE application the day after it was due. It was like, this is something that you should do, Van. And mm. I'm like, it's a day, literally a day late. And a buck dollar short. short. And, exactly. And he's like, no, 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 do it. It's important that you do this thing. You know, I hear it's a great program. You know, I'll work with the other professors, help with recommendations. You'll be fantastic. It's in your wheelhouse. You want to be creative in advertising. This is the way to go. So I did that. I did everything and it, took about, so say it was due on a Tuesday. I worked and sent it out that Friday and it arrived there on Friday in New York. And that by that Monday, they were like, thanks for playing. You missed the deadline. I mean, it was, that was it. And so the benefit of that was that I had done all of that work and had all the, that information. I had then gone to New York, was in grad school at Pratt Institute and decided to apply again. But now I had a year's worth of art direction and design mm-hmm. experience at Pratt, plus everything that I'd done at Howard. So I had twice as much stuff. Nice. And, you know, and I'd always, I'd always wanted to work at BBDO in New York. And because I had so much stuff, they actually let me pick which agency. So oh, had, wait, wait, no, we can't. No, that didn't happen. That's not that, 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 different, different, that different day and age. So, but again, that was, that was before there were rules and laws. I mean, come <laughs> on, that was, that was, that was in the dark days. 
you know, pure chaos, pure chaos. But she's like, there are two agencies that really want you and we're going to let you like you pick. And you've not already been saying, I really want to work for BBDO. I really work for BBDO. But because there was another agency that was interested, they wanted to share that as well. And I picked BBDO and I stayed there from my internship. They then created a made up job which I was a permanent part-time assistant art director at BBDO. Part-time assistant art director. Okay. Yes. And you're so, like the, the modern uh, day freelancer. Exactly. Permanent exactly right. Okay. <laughs> and so again, those were the dark days of, of crazy. And so I did that until I graduated from Pratt and then I stayed there and I was a VP creative director when I left. Wow. I mean, you know, we're talking, I mean, it was my dream agency. I worked with, you know, amazing people got amazing experiences. You know, not some of it, you know, agency life is hard. Agency life is even harder when, you know, you're a woman or you're brown or, you know, and and I think now it's becoming more apparent and people are realizing that it's been hard. Having something like MAPE as an opportunity to get my foot in the door, you know, that is why, I mean, hell, you know, that is why, I am here able to talk to you and I have two kids and I'm married to the woman that I'm married to. Like all of that, if we go Mm. to the kind of the root of it all, it's because of this experience. Wow. And I'll be forever grateful. Yeah. Wow. And this is, I mean, this is just, first off, amazing story from permanent. I forget it was so long. The title permanent assistant, temporary art director, permanent (laughs) part-time assistant art director to VP with pride. Say with pride. I got to write it down so I can remember exactly what it said um, to VP in one agency is just unheard of. Um, and this is, and this is this is why I love talking to you because we always just hop right in and we get in and it gets rolling. We didn't even do the color check-in, the red, yellow, green check-in. And I know you're trying to probably get out of it because it's, it's on record, but we do it. It's red, yellow, green. How are you coming in today to this conversation? Red, you're distracted always. Green, you're here 100%. Yellow, somewhere in the middle. Let's go, Van. Be creative. Use all those skills. Show us I'm like where you a, are. I'm like a plaid polka dot yellow with a little oh, wow. green on the side. I, it, okay. it's, yeah, it's been, you know, living in this world of COVID. Right, I'm familiar. Like everybody's somewhat distracted and, and, and overwhelmed, but feeling good. Feeling good. Like today, you know. Look, I woke up on the right side of the dirt, as they say. So I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling good today. Every day above ground you is know, a good I'm blessed. One. I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah, I'm blessed. So, but yeah, so if I'm distracted, I've also got two kids upstairs that are trying to be very quiet at the, mm. <laughs> at the moment so we can do this. They are struggling. So I'm, I'm not sure. And I, and I apologize to anyone who's listening who may hear some crazy at some point through this, but we'll, we'll try to hold it down. If, if kids can get a little wild during COVID, when can they? When can they? For real. Exactly. For real. But I want to hear more. Like, so it was MAPE, start, BBDO, a big chunk of your career. Like, just walk us through how you end up now being the executive director of the VCU Brand Center. Sure. So, I mean, BBDO, first of all, and and I have to say, like, I, again, I, I was exposed to... And as a creative, some of the great creatives in the industry, whether it be, for, you know, from from Phil Dusenberry to David Lubars, these are people I worked for and have have a great respect for and taught me how to be a creative. The part of my career that I don't talk a lot about is in my in 2001, right after September 11th, I joined the military. Mm-hmm. And 
And in doing that, and I thought it was important to serve, but in doing that, I also learned how to manage. You know, we as creatives, and I'm not saying everyone, if you do a great job as a creative, you get promoted and then you may have people you manage and you don't do it that well. And, 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 I, and I would say I did a lot yeah. better after the military than I did before the military. And I learned some, some really important skills. So coming back, I was able to understand and help develop teams who create great creative to focus on how to really cultivate that and guide people and it doesn't, and, and being okay with it, not being mine. Mm. And, you know, because you, sometimes when you start off as a junior creative, you're like, but it's gotta be mine. It's gotta be just my idea. And, and I'll be the first one to say, yes, you have to fight for great ideas. Great ideas are precious and few, but you also have to learn how to collaborate and work as a team because there are also other people who can add value to that. And so that military experience coupled with the time I had at BBDO I came back to the U.S., spent about a year and a half at BBDO, and, and really the time in Iraq changed me. It, it, it just does. People talk about post-traumatic stress disorder as if it's some disease you catch, uh, you know, outside of the country. Really what I call, I call it readjustment syndrome, meaning that there's certain things that you're trained before you leave and while your boots on the ground to do to stay alive that when you bring that stuff back home, people look at you like you lost your mind. So, mm. you know, hear a loud noise, hit the ground. Well, you've seen those movies where yeah. everybody's yeah. eating loud noise. Someone drops something and the, the person hits the ground. They're looking crazy. Like, no, but that was how we were trained to stay alive. Yeah. Large crowds always scan and look around. Well, then you look paranoid because you're always scanning the crowd. So there, there are things that you were taught so I needed some time to kind of to really figure out, you know, where I was, what I wanted to do, figure out what my priorities were. And I had the opportunity to, and I'd never done this in my career because I've grown up at BBDO as a creative, to work at a multicultural agency. And I had to, I spent some time at the Uniworld Group and they invited me and I, it was a great honor to work there, to work on all of the accounts is CCO, but also really they had the Marines account and focused on the diversity part of that. And while at BBO, I didn't really have that experience and, and that and that type of training wasn't a part of my training while there. And so at Uniworld, I was able to do that and, and try to figure that out. And I learned a lot and there were some successes. I had some successes and I had some failures because I was learning and readjusting as well. But what was interesting was I then got a call from McCann and McCann is like, yeah, it's great. You're doing all that Marine stuff, but you were in the army. We run the army. We want you to be on our team. And with the, the, you know, the, the background of BBDO and Uniworld, they both brought some interesting things and perspectives for me where I even went into, because of my experience at Uniworld, I'm sorry, to McCann, taking some of the things I learned, you know, like the importance of your role as a senior creative and in diversity. And I knew that it was a part of it, but really the importance of having many voices, having, you know, not just people in the room, but the right people in the room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people talk about diversity and this idea of diversity of thought 
and diversity of background and diversity of race. I'm like, I want all of it. Right. I, I like, hey, why do we have to pick one? Right. Like diversity is diversity. Someone that's not like me, because what I learned was, especially as I this played out at McCann was the more diverse that no one's an outsider. So I had a team and I probably say that, you know, as much as I've won awards in the industry and done all that stuff, my proudest thing was the team I built. And that team included men, women, folks of different uh, gender identities, different religions. And it sounds weird to point that out, but just some of the conversations. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome because, uh, you know, the example I, I, I give, it's true. Um, and I hope that it doesn't offend anyone or and it's not meant to do that. It just showed the amazing team that I had was we had to do an ad for American Airlines, which was our client, one of my team's clients. We've won that. Um, and it was for the LGBT community. And I'm trying, you know, as the creator, I'm, guys, this is the assignment we got. What are we, what are we going to help, help me understand explain the letters and the Q. Like, I know what they're supposed to be, Q. Explain that to me. And one person on the team who was gay said queer and questioning. And another person on the team who um, has, it's like, I've never questioned anything in my life. I know who I am. I don't like, and just hearing Mm -hmm. folks in that community have that conversation. To have someone on the team who is very conservatively, religiously chime in and try to educate, like, man, this is what they mean. I'm like, well, how do you know? What you know about? And because everyone felt safe, it was so diverse. There wasn't just one woman or one brown person or one person who was gender fluid. It was a, a group of people who had enough respect yeah. and no fear and looked out for each other that it made it such a dynamic and incredible group. I found out not too long ago before COVID hit that they were still hanging out. They didn't invite that's the great. boss, but they were still <laughs> hanging out as a team. And that to me, that's a level of pride and oh, success yeah. as a manager. And as a supervisor, these people still communicate. There are people that I've worked closely with that I, I'm not, I don't communicate with. So, and to, 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 to hear that and to see that says that that's where, you know, true diversity works. And, and so that that's really was the core of my team at McCann. And that yeah, was the team that, that built, go, well, oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, is that, cause I, I just, there's a, there's a, first I want to thank you for your service. That's it's an honor, it's an honor and privilege to serve. Thank you. And what I, what I take away from that story you just told which I think what most people shy away from when it comes to diversity. What that team was able to do, what you were able to cultivate, was a leaning into attention of the fact that there are different voices in the room and creating a space where each one is heard and seen and able to speak their truth without the fear of being ostracized or retaliation. And from that, that kind of like, you know, um, it's almost like there's there's tension. It's like a crucible, right, in itself. And then from that beco- comes just this opening and awakening that allows for more creativity versus what I think you were talking about before. It's like, if you just have one person that is different, that is diverse, or you just have mostly one group, you don't get that sort of mix of tension and and openness and potential openness to actually really let people dive in and lean in and and tap into other forms of of creativity and perspective. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, you know, I've, I've used this analogy before when you're, the only one or one of few in a place of business. It's almost like you go to work, you put on your mask, you put on your oxygen tank and you go, okay, I've now got to be work van. 
you're breathing all day and praying that you get through the day without losing yeah. all the oxygen, right? Yeah. And because if you lose the oxygen, you might act up a fool at work and the people don't understand like, well, who is this person? We didn't hire that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so because I had a leadership role and, and I'm, and I'm sure that it, it made people uncomfortable because I built my team this way, but I built the structure, and there's no secret sauce to this, and I think it's important to share, is I built, before the term safe place, I built an oxygen-rich environment that was large enough to keep a lot of people. And so everyone in that in my group knew that it was important that they rely on each other, mm-hmm. that we take care of each other as a team, and we get the work done. Because at the end of the day, this industry... You know, you know, I've talked about this. This industry does not care. It does as an industry, right? This industry is about making money. Yeah, and cool. so that's the bottom line. That doesn't mean that you can't make this industry care in a positive way. But generally speaking, it's just, we got clients, got to make some money. Let's keep it moving. But if you take the time to really work through it, you actually make more money. Mm-hmm. Because the clients see this team working together, it's not performative; it's real. And I, and I, and and my moment of realizing that was when the team told me <laughs> we worked late on a project for Lockheed Martin, and the the team's like, "You need to, you need to leave, man. You need to leave. We got this work. We got it. We need you to go home and go to sleep." And don't don't ruin our work when you're presenting to the client because <laughs> usually as the boss like i'm gonna stay here i'm gonna oversee everything yeah, yeah, yeah. i trusted them as much as they trusted me that's great but that was the work that later became field trip to mars which later mm-hmm. became you know one you know the agency and the folks on the team 19 lions at can and all of these things but it came from a very diverse group of people and then that initial idea and the folks that really worked on it so you know, and you know, you know me well enough on a personal level that, you know, you may or may not hear these types of things from me all the time. Cause I'm usually head down, but you know, that's there in my heart. I'm like, look, I'm gonna build a team. I'm about, you know, be about it, about it. Don't talk about it. Do it. Yeah. I don't need to show you what I do or what the team does. Just the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, anyway. So you made, you made the pudding with the Sorry. proof in it at McCain <laughs> and then where, where'd you take your talents next? What was that? So, that next yeah. So, so the next, <laughs> so in this, during this wonderful journey, I met a girl. She's amazing. And everything went She's downhill. And now, oh, no, it, no. it went down. It it exactly. It went sideways. Well, my now wife, well, we were, we were actually married then. It's, you know, I'm, I'll never forget this. I was walking out. I was on third, right out in front of McCann. And I get this call. And she goes, hey, I found my dream job. And I, you know, she supported me my entire career and, you know, just supporting you, you know, and, and, and I'd say, you know, you find anywhere in the Northeast, I don't care, babe, anywhere in the Northeast, I got you. Plane, trains, automobile, I'll get there. She goes, well, so she calls me, goes, well, I found the job. I was like, great. Where is it? She said Chattanooga. And I was like, Chatta what? Chatta. That's where Usher's from. Exactly. And he doesn't even claim it. He claims Atlanta. <laughs> he I mean, you're you so know. right. You're so right. <laughs> By the way, so is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, look at that. He's from Chattanooga. Again, who knew, right? Who knew? So thank God I had my caught my druthers. Like as I'm glad she didn't see my face, right? But I'm like, yeah, of course, babe. I, I told you I'll support you. I was talking about how do we get out of this? And then she goes, and by the way, and you've met her. And by yeah. the way, Dan, I'm pregnant. I'm like, you buried the lead on that one, sister. Totally. So I could have totally, totally. Like, <laughs> 
I could have totally screwed that one up, right? Yeah, I'm not moving to Chattanooga. But she's like, well, me and my baby are. Like, I, I don't know how that really would have, would have, would have. It would have gone something like that, actually. Exactly. So, life. you know, so I actually, because we were during that time period working on trying to sell in what later became Field Trip to Mars. So I spent that year, well, during her pregnancy, about nine to 10 months commuting back and forth. And McCann was great. And they were very supportive in letting me, and I basically moved everything out of my area. I packed up everything and said, look, when she says it's a wrap, I'm going to pack up. I'm like, I'm going to get my, my, my bag and my computer and I'm out. And sure enough, the day happened and I had enough time before the flight where me and my team went down to the, the bar around the corner. We drank, said goodbyes, hopped on a plane, and I was out. And I had the opportunity to spend almost a year just kind of being dad to my son, which was great. That's great. And work with some good guys down in Chattanooga at a small shop called Fancy Rhino. Did that for a little bit. And then I got a call from JWT. And Agency they were like, formerly known as JWT. Oh, my apologies. That's right. That's right. That's right. So Wonderman Thompson now. My bad. They just have a symbol. And so, wow, that's, oh my gosh, time flash. They needed a CCO. And the way they were handling it was basically you were CCO, you ran an office, but I was going between New York and the Atlanta office and kind of working on projects on on both ends. It was, again, great experience. And, you know, again, had I not followed my wife, I would have never had that opportunity because I, one of the reasons why I was okay with leaving, was like, I don't think a major network is going to ever have a CCO that's a person of color, mm. you know? And so, and I, and, and I was like, I'm fine because McCann had given me all of these other opportunities that I got the management, I got the creative, I built a team, we won awards and all this. So I wasn't stuck on a title, okay. but then the title came. Yeah. which was great. That was really, so then after that, um, you want to know what the next piece was and how I ended up at BCU. Yep. So my boss left and it's so funny, Matt Eastwood had moved over to, he went to McCann he's now running McCann health. And, you know, as we all know, like if you have a boss that you like and love and really want to work with, once he left, I was like, hmm, I don't, you know, yeah, that's and that, that, that <laughs> you know how it is. I, I do. And I do. Around that same time, I got a call from a headhunter who's a, who's a dear friend. She said, I've got a strange opportunity for you. Um, I know that you enjoy talent development. I know that you love being creative. You know, we're, re- we're looking for a executive director for the VC Brand Center. Wow. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for that. Like, mm. And so keep in mind, and I didn't tell her this until much later, that Mike Hughes, who's our building is named after, years before had asked me to apply. And I was like, I've never done anything. I haven't. Oh, it's too early. Because I'm from Richmond. Yeah, yeah. And I had met Mike when I was in, I was in high school. And he's like, you need to leave Richmond to have a career and come back when you're ready. Richmond will, will, oh, will invite wow. you back. And this time when she, if, if it wasn't for, uh, Hermone, that the headhunter reached out to me, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have considered it. And I really didn't. I kind of, it was a throwaway. I held on to the fact that she and I talked about it for about three weeks and I happened to mention it to my wife and she goes, well, why didn't you apply? <laughs> I was like, wait, I, wait, but you're the lady who has me in Tennessee. in Tennessee. Why would I apply to that? What? Do you, what? And so 
I called Hermione back and she said to me, she says, well, this is odd, Van, because we've already now gone through, and it was actually more than, it's been more than three weeks because they had gone through the whole interview process and decided to go another round. So they had mm. had someone that did person didn't work out, had another round because you want your name in it. And I was like, wow. yes, yes. Okay. I will put my name in it. And it, it, it worked out. It's been, can I say, I, re- been, I remember that search and cause it had been going around, like it had been passed, you know, my way even to be like, Hey, do you know anyone? And when I, I remember hearing the fact you were going to take that position and I was just like, Oh, that's going to be great. That's really oh, going to be great. I didn't know that. Thank you, bro. Yeah. All right. No, I remember talking to her <laughs> before and we were just talking about it and cause it would come my way. And um, I can't remember who told me how I found out it was you, but like, I just remember like my whole body was just like, Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. So a lot of y'all knew before I knew, because I was kind of still on the fence about. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but it's been, you know, it's been it's been an amazing experience, and you know, and, and the the dean of the school of business was very clear about some of the missions around what needed to what he wanted. Um, Hermione was very honest. She's like, "Fan, look, what needs to happen is, you know, there needs to be." How does the brand, so what do the next 25 years look like? How do we get a level of diversity in the brand center? How do we do? And, and there were interesting things. These are all things that were part of my experience through my advertising career. Course, yeah. It was, it's, 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 I mean, the students are amazing. You know, it's not an easy job. I mean, you know, where advertising is about, you know, making sure the client gets what they need, making sure that they have all the pieces. I mean, this role for me, I've got faculty, I've got staff, I've got students, trying to stay on mission for me is making sure that these folks are prepared when they get out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's counter to what the students may feel they want to oh, do. Totally. And especially in a world where everyone is vocal and everyone's like, yeah, but there's a reason why this professor is teaching you this. Like, I know you want to question, that I know you tough. want to. And that's, that's been the, the, the eye opening piece of this because there are times when folks are downright mean and you just kind of have to say, but my job is to make sure that you get the education that you, that that's promised that you get the education that is up to date. And what makes it even harder is academia is moves at a different pace in the industry. And I used to work with a lot of folks and And it was like, you could, and, and my next question for you actually touches upon that because when I was at the four A's, and we would talk to professors and I'd visit schools and the team would go to schools. You could see there was a huge gap between what students were learning. And it's not the fault of anybody, right? It's just that it's that's hard right. to keep up, right. right? What the students were learning and what they needed. And that's why I thought MAPE was such an important piece because it took what people were learning in school and connected it, bridged that gap between what was actually happening real time in the agencies. So for <laughs> you coming in, having worked at the agency for long, so long, now seeing and, and hearing from students and seeing what's happening at VCU, like what was the first thing you came in there and were just like, well, this needs to change. Oh dear Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, it was so, and, and I'll be the first one to say, I may not have done this perfectly. I 
you know, because again, I'm coming in. So you look at things, and I'm sure you've done this before. You look at things when you start a new job and you start to make this not decisions. We start thinking, well, we probably need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this before you even started your first day. And you have this list of all the stuff that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Then you throw it all away because everything you thought was a different way. And- was <laughs> correct. Correct. A hundred percent. But what I did realize was the, the industry that we have and that we're all a part of is an industry of forward movement and it's external, right? It's, it's really about staying fresh and staying kind of on, t- on top of what's going on. And as directors, new director coming in, I realized that, you know, I needed advisors that were in the industry that I could call on that could, you know, help guide those things. And, and it kind of in the new world order, if I think about when I started in the industry and I mentioned kind of big names in the industry, that's not really what, how the industry is built anymore. The, the, the big names aren't necessarily individuals, mm-hmm. they're companies. Mm-hmm. So my students want to work for, many want to be entrepreneurs, which is awesome, but they want to work for platforms, whether it be Instagram, whether it be TikTok, whether it be, they want to work there. Or so in the, the idea of working at agencies is just a small portion of that. They want to work for Google. They want to, you know, and so there's one you're forgetting Netflix. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. Yeah, So they definitely want to work for Netflix. And, but, but these are, but seriously, these are, these are important, uh, an important part of the brand center for the director is to have counsel that's external. Because I believe as you step out of the industry, if you don't have, direct contact with people in the industry, there's an expiration date. So each year, yeah. you know, you move further and further away from the industry. And so what I did, we had, we had a board and many of the members have been there a long time and they're, they're, they're great, great people and um, had done a lot of work for the school and have been supportive of the school, but I really needed to revamp that. We just kind of refocus that on what we needed to move forward, which when you have people who love a school and people who have put time in moving away from that be tough. is a painful thing. It was tough. It was tough. And there was no, uh, there was no way of kind of moving in a different direction without someone being pissed. And I, and I pissed people off. I didn't mm. like, you know, and I can comfortably say right now, I, you know, I, I carry, much of that because no one wants to, you know, you never want to do that. But I also know that I was now hired to do this job. And if I stick back to, so what, you know, that pain I'm willing to take because I've said that I, I, I've been, I've been told, not even what I've said, I've been told this is what you need to do to get to the the expectations for the school, the expectations from the university and all of these other factors that I needed to make that change. And um, so I created a group called the Directors Council. I've heard of it, and yeah, it's a, it's and you know I asked you, you were one of the first people I picked up the phone and asked, you know, to be a part of that because again, a level of counsel of folks that I can I can pick up the phone and say, hey, can you speak at a class? Hey, I've got a student that you may want to talk to or meet or potential and really engage. We also changed the structure and how we all communicate and, and how we do meetings and how we're, so this is a very different thing than the previous organization around the brand center and the director's council. Um, it's more of, I don't know, just kind of 
a group of really smart people who uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe I'll let you describe it. Like, what is your opinion of the director's council as a member? It, it's, it's like a very opinionated brain trust. <laughs> That's and exactly I, and right. I say that with so much yeah. love, like the folks that I've met on the director's council from all different industries, from different organizations, they're all super smart, super talented, super dedicated to like the, the mission that the brand center has and, and where, you know, your vision of where you want to take it. And every time I'm in, you know, those meetings, it, you, I'm just in awe about like how, like where everyone's coming from, different perspectives, just like what they bring to the table. Somehow you and your team take all of it and like make it into like something cohesive because everyone is just like, well, this is, and boom, and it's so smart and it's so good. I'm like, yes, that, and oh, but that, yeah, but the, oh, oh, bouncing all over the place. And I just see you sitting there nodding your head like you are now, like, yep. Okay, I see Shannon scribbling away, <laughs> taking notes, and I'm just like, "How are they gonna take?" And then you end up doing it, and and, and you know, I, I've been in a similar position where it's like you get so much great input and insight, but you only can do so much because you're still a small team and you still have your vision. And while everyone else is off here thinking these big, huge things, you still have to whittle it down to what you can actually achieve, and that's no small feat. So kudos, the uh, opinionated brain trust and, and yeah, that's a team. great, I might, I might have to get those bumper stickers made. Uh, I mean, they are, I mean, it is, it is, that, that's a great analogy and a great name for the, the, the group. I think the other piece is, which I did that was different was I have folks at different levels. So some people are junior, some people are senior, some, yeah, some people true. are really senior. And the reason I did that was because to your point, senior level people are like, yes, here's the overall vision and this is what we're doing. So you have someone like uh, amazing, like Daryl Lee, yeah, right? just about him, who yeah. is like at, at, at one end of just kind of these big ideas. But I need to also talk to someone who is, I'm a hiring manager and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Right. And, and the students need to know what the vision is in a larger direction, but they also need to know how to get a job tomorrow. And so, you know, Ali Weissong, who's an account lead and I mean, she's everything, but she's over at Waze Google, you know, just doing an amazing job there, but has gotten into the nitty gritty because her thing is the analytical part of it. And what does it mean? So she's helped us work out curriculum pieces. So all of those levels of expertise and experiences, again, diversity of thought, but also it's a very diverse group of people and a very there opinionated is. group. So there's no yes. one pulling punches yeah, no, at no. all. I mean, it's like a really educated street gang, right? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. I mean, the it first, is. our first meeting, I was sitting around that table going, either this is going to be amazing or it's just going to blow up. And like, it's like every it was, family gathering that you had. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's been, so, so, so that was kind of the first thing, you know, thinking about what does it look like externally? Right. Like, what are we like, where's the external influences, the people that I will need to rely on the next few years to really help me stay plugged into and looking at folks like yourself, who's now switched to an even bigger platform. You moved from RGA to Netflix. That's huge. That's also our students are watching that. The industry is watching that. Or Hartoon, who's at Spotify, who's now at TikTok. It's like all of these things still help our students it still helps still, still helps to build a level of interesting community and perspective and so that's the value of a group like that and i thought that that was important and it was recognized by some of the the press that came out when we announced the directors council of the fact that you know we focused on kind of 
the, the larger platforms, the larger career-based things mm-hmm. to, to, to really engage our students. So Van, I don't want to interrupt. I know yeah, ahead, I'm going to be very respectful of your time as well. So I want to ask you, because I mean, we, you know, we could talk about this. <laughs> yes, I know. Keep going. But I know you got your kids upstairs and I haven't heard them. So they're, they're being, they, they deserve they, dessert I, or I something. I don't smell today. smoke yet. So the house <laughs> is not on fire, but I, I give it a matter of time. All right. So I'm, I want to ask you two more questions. I want to ask you one yes, more sir. question. And then I want to so do... I just say yes or no and just keep it simple. I've been long-winded well, on this. So. Well, okay. Well, we, you can keep it short, but let's, I want, I want to know based on everything that you, you talk about the director's council and that's the, like one of the big things you've done. Um, you've done probably so much in the time so far at the brand center. How, how would you summarize your legacy you want to leave on the brand center once you're done there in a like two sentence summary? Wow. That's interesting. That's a tough one because I'm not really looking for legacy. I don't see this as a retirement job. Mm. And, I, and I say that in a sense of, you know, I've been given the keys to this amazing car and I'm supposed to get it from, from A to B. I don't necessarily need my picture on a wall or, oh my gosh, Van Gogh, you know, I, I, you know, but as far as my, what my hope is to make sure that I build the foundation and prepare the car to make sure that the next person who gets the keys doesn't have to do a lot of work to move it to the next 25 years or 30 years or so on. It's really about the, the, the legacy is, keeping the brand center as alive and vibrant and connected as it always has been. And even and grow that even further, you know, where, what can it look like? What's, you know, and there's so many different opportunities. I, this idea around even COVID, for example, COVID has opened the doors to be more comfortable with online learning, hybrid learning, you know, and we're looking into executive ed training and all of these things. So, uh, so it's taking advantage of what's happening in today's world and building a school that's much more flexible and a little more like an agency or creative powerhouse than an academic unit. And how do we do that and give our students the best of both worlds? So you might not have more than two sentences. It is, but it's all good. So you might not have your picture on the wall, but your name will definitely be uh, drawn in the cement of the foundation of the brand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, 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 and some people do look for their legacy and want that recognition. I feel like institutions have, it's interesting enough, even though they are around for a long time, have short memories about individuals anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, I, you know, I think about going into different boardrooms or different schools, you see all these pictures and people don't know who these pictures are, the people on the wall anyway. That can't be the legacy. My legacy would be, again, you know, to look back 30, 40, 50 years from now, I'll be dead then actually, that's way too far. But we'll say, <laughs> we'll say 30 years from now, and, you know, the brand center is alive and well, you know, our students are still killing it. And, you know, that that's the that's the legacy. All right. I, mean, I, I think you're I think you're selling yourself short. I think people are going to remember the van era at the brand center once whenever that comes to an end. But well, what I would what I will say, the one thing that I will say that will be a, a lasting piece of, of the legacy is, you know, the brand center when I started was 30 percent diverse. 70% white. We are now 54% white. And then the rest, you know, um, progress, but it's progress in a way that, you know, some folks were like, Oh my gosh, the brand center changed the standards or did this or that. We didn't change anything. It really was 
quite simply representation. I mean, I think, you know, we had our number, a, a jump when I started and then making sure that through the application process that we weeded out any potential bias. I'm not saying there was bias in the past, but making sure that if there was, we need to get rid of it and really making diversity and a diverse workforce, because that's what we're doing. We're a feeder school of the workforce, a priority of ours. And so the only way to do that is when industry, when folks in the industry shrug and go, but there's no people out there, there's no pipeline. Well, they're, they're kind of right. Right. So they, they, so it became, I realized that that's also something that, you know, as director, how do we increase that volume of talented, prepared, um, creative strategists, CBMs? How do, how do we do that? So they have a diverse pool to pick from. Great. And, and our philosophy has been not around diversity, meaning the exclusion of anyone, but diversity, meaning the inclusion of everyone. I like that. So in our la- my last thing, we're doing this segment called 60 Seconds to Leave Everything on the Table, Make Sure Nothing's Left Unsaid. So if there's just like one line that you could give to folks, what would it be? Wow. Okay. The thing, the, the thing, oh, wow. You know, sometimes you don't have to kick down the door. Sometimes you just need to knock. Sometimes you need to open up and climb through that damn window too. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to be, you know, people are, because the first one's going to say, you know, don't take no for an answer. And that just means like, just 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 leave it there. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. Okay. Let it hang. I'll be good. I'll be good. Yeah. I'll let it hang. All right. Yeah. You got to climb to that window sometimes. All right. Do it. Do it. That's great. Man, as always, this is, it's always a pleasure for us to, to chop it up whenever we can. Looking forward to the next time we can do it in person. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, share your story. I definitely, well, I know we have a director's council meeting tomorrow, so I'll probably hear a little bit more about what's going on at the, at the brand center. But if we can get back on and share a little bit more about that, what you're doing, you know, with uh, with folks, I'd love to do it. But I just wanted to thank you for the time and making thank the space. You. Thank you. It's been, a, it's been an honor and a privilege and um, happy to do whatever I can to support me 100%. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And uh, looking forward to the next time. Bye.